Welcome to Micah Jiggers with Dan and Emily. We're just a couple of friends trying to crack each other up and hopefully put a smile on your face. I'm Emily, and with me is my awesome co-host, Dan. Hey, guys. What's up? Not much. I've been busy, but only in the sense like I've been working and dance started last week, so I've been doing that twice a week. And, well, y'all heard Scotty last week. Poor girl. And um, she's doing better. She might still be a little whiny because she's such a mama's girl, and I'm not sitting on top of her, so she's probably going to be a little, eh. Yeah, I'm more concerned about Bronx this episode. He's already been rubbing up against our mic booths. <laughs> uh, I had to break down and put the box back on my kitchen table because he wasn't going to leave him alone. <laughs> Bronx is so basic. All you got to do is get out the box and he just lays in it. That's fine as long as he's not screaming at me. That is all that matters. I'm really disappointed that that internet thing of using tape to put a box on the floor didn't work with him. Do you remember? I don't remember if I ever sent this picture to you. It was uh, probably about a year and a half ago, almost two, because we've been in this house almost three years. But I had washed some tennis shoes, and so I had three pairs. So there's six shoes, and I set them on a towel underneath the ceiling fan in the living room in like an orderly fashion that kind of was like almost a circle and he went and sat in this dead center of them <laughs> and i just happened to walk out to like my cat having a seance with my shoes Bronx just having a little ritual probably and i just turned around and walked away i didn't want to disturb him while we're talking about pets, you mentioned you had a story that you were saving for the podcast. Okay, so this bitch, i.e. Scotty, earlier I was cleaning up my table and trying to put some stuff away to get ready for the podcast. So I turned away from her and I turned back around. She had nose flipped her bowl up and spilt it all over the floor. Scotty. I was pissed. It's not her fault. She doesn't know. She knows better. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty knows. And I was so mad because she's been doing that with her food bowl and she just takes her nose and tries to flip the bowl. And in doing so, she hits her water. Is that him? Yeah. Brox is currently <laughs> scratching on the cardboard box that we've put out for him to distract him from uh, our audio boxes. That is so loud in the mic. I know. <laughs> Like, I thought he was actually, like, taking something and scraping it across the table. Nah, he's just being a dick. Oh, God. And he just scratched <laughs> Yep. Uh, is that all you had to tell us about your life with your fur babies? For this week. All right. I'm sure there will be more. You ready to jump right into our usual what the fuck news? Yes. All right, well, why don't you go first? I'm a little light today, but I've got three good, good ones. Okay. So this first one, I was just scrolling through Facebook and there's a page that I follow called Now This. Mm -hmm. And most of their segments are all video based. This one was about a sperm extractor. <laughs> okay. And it's this machine that Chinese inventors have built to help destigmatize sperm donors so to take the stigma out of like men masturbating or who are too afraid to do it in that public setting yeah and so this machine they built is basically simulates a vagina and 
this is gonna get a little weird because I, I watched the entire video most because I couldn't look away out of like <laughs> interest but also because I was just too just like what the hell so like it's a machine and it like moves like forward and backwards like this okay and it simulates like a vagina in the way it looks and how it acts it was just really weird and but like it's a billion dollar company see i don't know if there's the market for that when it's probably a lot cheaper to just send the man into the alley behind the uh hospital just get a little handy for about you know i don't know what's a going rate like 20 bucks these days i don't know i don't know i don't know any prostitutes but i feel like that would be cheaper I need a cost-benefit analysis of this. Maybe it's a long-run type thing, the one-time purchase of this machine. They make extra, like, inserts. I was just about to say that. Is there somebody that has to go through and clean these? <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, you're uh, bitch nurses. Oh. So, but, like... Their job is already hard enough. The thing is, they've sold hundreds of these, not only in China, but like France and England and Germany and some there's some places in the U.S. that have it and Canada. They have sold multiple of these. This is so unnecessary. Yeah. Guys, if, if you're doing sperm donation, just man up and give yourself a hand. That's all <laughs> I got to say. They just start clapping. Oh. <laughs> Not it, but like just start, like, you know, give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a hand. Okay, that's a little better than what I was imagining. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> like, man, I don't think you're getting anything out of that anymore. <laughs> Is that all you have to say about the sperm machine? Yeah. Okay. Here's my favorite one of the week. California Democrat Raul Ruiz faces a challenge from Raul Ruiz. So apparently he's the representative to the U.S. House from California's 36th Congressional District. And his opponent that the Republicans have found has the same exact name as him. I don't think he has any government experience. They've basically just decided, you know what, our best chance of beating him is to confuse voters by having an opponent of the exact same name. I'm just surprised that they found a person in the same district, I guess. Well, it wouldn't be unheard of for somebody to move to that district. I'm pretty sure here in Illinois that happened when Obama was running for Senate. They brought somebody in as the Republican nominee. They just hadn't moved to Illinois. But I read that headline. And I immediately thought of that Futurama episode where there's the two clones running against each other. Yes. And they both have the same exact policies, but they're arguing back and forth as if they're different policies. Wasn't it like it was the same name, but one of them was Flip? Yeah. One's like Jack Johnson. The other's like John Johnson. Jackson. Yeah. One's like, you know, I don't think your 3% titanium tax goes far enough. And then the other one's like. I think your 3% titanium tax doesn't go too far enough either. It's the most ridiculous thing, but that's immediately what I thought of when I read that headline. I'm pretty sure we have made Futurama references in every episode. Uh, that's appropriate. 
It is. It just made me chuckle because I was sitting here thinking about it. Futurama is so appropriate to life. There's so many episodes you can relate to. I just wish they would make more episodes. And I know that they're probably not going to, especially with Disenchanted out. Yeah. Which I like it. It's okay. But I think that's all I have to say on that. You want to go with your next story? This one's kind of sad. Oh. Okay. Well, it's sad and fucked up. Okay. So I was reading um, an article from KMOV, and it was about a young boy on his birthday had his school lunch taken away from him because his um, account was negative. On his birthday, he um, school officials came up and took his lunch away from him in the middle of lunch. That is fucked up. I see stories like this from time to time. And on the one hand, like it screwed up the schools doing that. But like that money has to come from someplace. I'm more pissed off at the parents. If you're gonna have a kid, your number one priority should be making sure that kid gets fed. Like if you don't have the money to feed that kid, you best be starving to death yourself because if you're getting fed, that child should be more well fed than you. Eight times out of ten, like it is a poor family situation where they can't even feed themselves, so they can't pay off their school debt. But like the fact that they just went ahead and just snatched this kid's lunch, give him a break, sit down, like, hey, we really need your mom to come in to talk when she has a chance, and then we can get this figured out. But you know, money over priority. Yeah. What's sad is there's parents out there that don't take enough of an interest in their kids that they would even go to the school and deal with that issue. But yeah, that is kind of sad. It's it's really horrible it was on his birthday too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to something a little more fun. Police foil a 3,000 person hide and seek game at an Ikea in Glasgow, <laughs> Scotland. I did see that. And apparently this has been enough of a problem for the company that they instituted a company-wide ban in 2015. I don't see the appeal of this. Like, it's funny to read about and hear, oh, they got this many people together to, like, do this, like, flash mob of a hide-and-seek. Logistically, it sounds like a nightmare. How do you play hide-and-seek with 3,000 people? Is there just one seeker? (laughs) And if so, do they close their eyes, count to, you know, whatever number, open their eyes and like, okay, I see 20 of y'all within like 15 feet of me because there's only so many places to hide for 3,000 people. See, I just want to know how big this uh, Ikea is that 3,000 people are playing in there. Yeah, I've never been to an Ikea, but I imagine they're fairly large. I've never been to one either. I want to just for the experience. But I read that and it was just, oh, The idea of playing any game. With 3,000 people. Just sounds like a nightmare to me. I'm antisocial anyway. You so get what, do like, you just like send them out into the parking lot when they're like, hey, found you. But how would you keep track of people? Yeah. That gets back just, to the logistical nightmare. Because if they have, they have to have at least like maybe like 20 people seeking. Yeah, I'm so antisocial. The idea of playing a game with a concert crowd <laughs> doesn't sound appealing at all. Oh, come on. I don't even like playing online games with like 16 other people. Come on. You got anything else? Yeah, my last one. And I just found this one today. An unmarked school bus rolled up and tried picking up kids in St. Louis today. That's 
terrifying. Yeah. Was it actually a school bus or was it? It was a unmarked yellow school bus. Went to this stop and tried picking up kids this past week. So it was actually something sketchy going on. It wasn't just the school yeah. having a new bus. and Yeah. Ooh, man, that is. And so they're out trying to find whoever the person was driving this bus. Man, that's that's really scary. And how many places did they stop? Yeah. I don't know if that was like the first stop or if they are making multiple stops. As if it wasn't hard enough to send kids to school as it is already, especially with everything that's been going on lately. I I really hope we don't end up hearing more to that story of like they did pick somebody up. Yeah. Okay. Man, you've picked some heavy stories (laughs) as your what the fuck news. I mean... What the fuck, right? Yeah, I mean, I was going funnier, but okay. <laughs> Somebody's got to make it dark. My last one is actually two headlines, but they go hand in hand. The first one, literally or metaphorically? <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically, I guess. Like it'd be really hard for a headline to literally go hand in hand. <laughs> okay, so the first one is from Newsweek. Trump says energy efficient light bulbs make him look orange. Complains about how expensive they are. Oh, he's the second one. The second one is from CNN, and they did a whole article about how Trump was orange before light bulbs became efficient. I fucking love it. Apparently, this the guy that wrote this article has met him, and he's like, "Well, energy efficient light bulbs haven't been around that long. I remember you being pretty damn orange before then." Are they talking about like the LED? Yeah, I'm guessing that's what he means. I, I doubt Trump knows what he means. And it's funny no, because... he doesn't even know anything. Well, it's so representative of his administration. He's saying that, but a White House official has said that his orange skin comes down to good genes, which I don't know if that's necessarily good genes. I don't think many people look at his skin color and say, you know what? That looks healthy. I, I want that in my Cheeto. Blood I want to look Cheeto dusted. Out of just pure curiosity, I want to know why he's orange. If it's like a self-tanner or if he's just crushing Cheetos and like this looks good. Uh, there's a lot of theories. Uh, the CNN article covers some of them. Apparently on The Apprentice, he was marketing some self-tanner that a friend of his owned the company behind. <laughs> And so that's one theory of like, you know, his friend just turned him on to this self-tanner. And now he's addicted. The funny thing I liked about it was the first article mentioned the White House official saying it was good genes. The CNN article says, if you look at any photo archive, you'll see that Trump's genes didn't make him orange until sometime after 2000. (laughs) Like, it really doesn't make sense. I think my favorite part is, like, if you look right under his eyes, it's, like, pasty white. Dude's been wearing some goggles. That makes me think it's, like, he's going and getting, like, spray tanned. That's probably my least favorite thing about him is he can't just admit stuff like that. We all know that hair's not natural. There's something going on underneath that he's probably bold. Yeah, I would I would respect him so much more if he'd just come out one day, head shaved, be like, yeah, I'm bald. This if is he me. would actually own up to making mistakes. Yeah. That's... And there are a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even particularly <clears throat> liberal. It's just, it's maddening seeing somebody that unable to Like, I don't want to get into, like, too much details, but, like, the whole hurricane thing. Oh, God, yeah. 
That's. I'm just gonna leave that one there because that one he's just. I think everybody's heard of it by now. It's just no oh, man. I just love that they called it Sharpie Gate. Yeah, I like how everything's just some kind of gate these days. All right, that's our what the fuck news. Let's move on to some more exciting stuff. What else have you got? Um, the new Sim expansion got released. I know that you're not like so like woo about it but it is for those that do like the sims or are an avid player of it the sims 4 witches warlocks whatever i can't even remember what they named it was just released last week which is warlocks and motherfuckers yeah that needs to be an expansion <laughs> i love it lock your house this, this guy's coming in for your mom <laughs> But I've been playing it, and it is so much fun. And it really reminds me a lot of the original Sims making magic. I really enjoy it, and it's probably my favorite expansion so far. I haven't played The Sims in, God, probably 20 years. Whenever, whenever the first Sims came out, and I was pretty addicted to it. Uh, I think it came out in 2000. I'm yeah, old Sims, as fuck. Sims 4 is five years old. And to celebrate, they had released a bunch of like game updates, and mm -hmm. then on like for that on the fifth anniversary, and then a few days later, the new expansion was released. You got any other news that's not Stephen King related? Because I've got all kinds of Stephen King news that I'm excited about. Nothing that's important. Okay, just being an adult, doing some adult <laughs> stuff. That's about it. So, the Doctor Sleep trailer. I put that down. Yes. Did you finally watch yes, it then? Yes, I finally watched it with your prodding. I was so disappointed when we went to go see it yesterday and it wasn't before the movie. It was the perfect opportunity to advertise that movie. You got a Stephen King movie. In a Stephen King movie? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you put that before that? But okay. Oh, it looks good. I know. I like Ewan McGregor and the bad guys in this movie look cool have you seen the shining i don't really enjoy the shining I, of course i have i don't particularly like that movie i think it's boring and the direction is just weird i think that's just how that movie is yeah i think it's highly overrated but it's still visually interesting and yet i'm super excited about this sequel to it i think my favorite part in the trailer is when the one chick is in the grocery store and she's like honing in on that girl yes and she the hand on the back of the head and uh she just when she says just get out of my head and like mm. flips that bitch and i was like this is gonna be so good yeah and going back to the overlook hotel from the shining yes See, I want The Shining to be so much better than it actually is. My favorite version of The Shining is probably the version in Ready Player One. <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie? No. It's it's not a great movie, but it's fun. It takes place in a virtual world. And yeah. at one point, the characters go into a recreation of the Overlook from the Stanley Kubrick movie. And it's all digitally created, but it's spot on. I remember seeing it in the theater. That's like, really cool. Yeah, I had to go home and look it up because like this feels like it's such a small part of the movie that there's no way they would have just built this whole set just for this small scene. But it was too good to be digitally created, but it was. Apparently, they took the original film and did high-res scans into like the digital software and just made this CGI map of it. It's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Again, Ready Player One isn't a great movie but it's really fun i do recommend it as an entertaining like 
popcorn flick for anybody to watch. Okay. Especially if you like video games. I'm honestly surprised because, you know, they've remade both parts of it. They've done Pet Cemetery. Um, Dreamcatcher came out 10 years ago. Uh, when I was in high school, so longer than that. Um, we won't say how long it's been. <laughs> but I'm honestly surprised that they haven't remade The Shining. They did it as a miniseries. It wasn't great. See, I didn't even know that. But, like, I don't think anybody but Jack Nicholson can play that part. You know, I would agree with that, but I thought the same thing of Pennywise. And Mad shout out to Tim Curry, though. Yes, but, man, I, it's one of those things where, again, Jack Nicholson, I thought he would always be the definitive Joker. And then Heath Ledger came in and was like, nah, this is how you do it. I ultimately think that William Defoe should be the next Joker. Yeah, William Defoe, he's just a goblin in real life. Like or he just has he, that. Can face. they make a Green Goblin movie with him? I will never understand how they got somebody whose face already looks like a goblin <laughs> and to say, you know what, we'll put it in a Power Rangers mask instead of just painting him green. Like there's ways they could have done it with prosthetics. Ah, we don't even need to go on that tangent. More Stephen King news. My favorite Stephen King book is The Stand. Yeah. CBS All Access is doing a 10-episode limited series, and they've announced on the cast, and I'm so excited. Although, apparently, we're creating a Skarsgård Stephen King cinematic universe <laughs> because oh, Alexander Skarsgård yes. is playing the villain. I did see that. Yeah. He's, I like him. I haven't really seen him in anything, but uh, if he's anywhere near as good as Bill, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. The rest of the cast is looking pretty good. I'm so excited for it, and I think the depth of that novel, like for me, I consider it a like modern epic. Yeah, the idea that it's getting 10 episodes has me super excited. Let's see here. It's James Marsden, which I like. Amber Heard, she looks familiar. Yeah, she's in Aquaman and was Johnny Depp's ex, who he may or may not have assaulted. But, like, I remember her from something, like, older. She was... Oh, The Ward. I liked that movie. Oh, she's also in Zombieland. Oh, yeah. She's the girl uh, that... Uh, 406. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg, Greg Kenner. Marilyn yeah. Manson's in an episode. There's Alex Skarsgård. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. It's one of my favorite novels. It's one of the few novels I've read more than once. But yeah, I'm excited. My last bit of Stephen King news, which will lead us into our big topic of this episode. Andy Muschietti, the director of It, has announced he wants to do a seven-hour director's cut. I listened to this. Including he wants to go back and film a few extra scenes to help you know, tie it Just all to together. put it into this DVD set. Yeah, and prior to Chapter 2 coming out, I had been waiting to re-watch Chapter 1 just because they had been promising a director's cut for a long time and then they decided to hold off until both movies were out. And I think the intent is to bring it closer to the vision of the novel where it's a back and forth from the present to the past rather than, you know, just straight chronological of, you know, half of it's in the past and half is it's half's in the present. Yeah. I'm so excited and I think it could really help with 
both parts of the movie because like the way they divided the movies is a little weird when you've read the book or seen the original miniseries. Regardless, it's more it. And so I'm just excited. I remember because I was just watching interviews with like the cast. I don't remember him talking about putting it as the back and forth, but to mash them together that way, you know, they flowed past to present and the adding more parts and he just seemed really excited about it and I am, I will be buying it. Yeah. And I always love it when directors are excited about the project they're working on. I mean, he's been talking about this director's cut since the first one came out. I just love that he's passionate enough about the story. He's like, I want to do more. Just let me do more. I think he was probably the best pick to direct this movie, too. I don't know anything else he's done, but I think he's just knocked these two films out of the park. I've also been seeing, like, just here and there, and I don't know if it's just, like, made-up rumors or whatever, but talks of Bill Skarsgård wanting to do more Pennywise. Yeah, I've seen things about that, too. I think it'd be cool if they had, like, with maybe Stephen King's direction, a maybe a background, more in-depth background to Pennywise and why he chose the clown, like, why the clown is showing up now. Yeah, I think there's a story to be had there, especially since you have with Pennywise the monster as the cyclical thing. Hell, you could go back again and again to just different points in time. I think if you did a movie focused on the human Pennywise and like him being influenced by the monster Pennywise, I think that could be interesting, especially just give me more of Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Oh, I don't care yes, what it is. He- like, I'm not... Okay, so for y'all out there, I actually haven't seen the original movie. I own it, and I haven't been able to get a chance to watch it, but I'm probably going to do that tonight and not be able to sleep. Mm-hmm. But Tim Curry is just an amazing actor anyway, Yes. but I don't know how he is in that movie, and I know uh, everybody has said they've liked him as it, but as a modern update, I don't know if I could pick anybody else for Pennywise. It's really hard to compare them because... They're both products of different eras of filmmaking. Yes, and they're both unique in their own way. And you know what's kind of creepy? Have you ever seen an old picture of Tim Curry, like young Tim Curry, and put it next to Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. It's basically his clone. (laughs) Yeah, I love Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I didn't think anybody could ever beat Tim Curry, but he's he's made some interesting choices with the way he acts out that role. I just love that he has his own unique body um tricks because like in real life he the mouth Mm. all of his siblings can do that and because in an interview he was talking about how his older brother gustav actually was the one that came up with the little smile thing and he was just like okay let me try it but the fact that his eyes he's like i have a lazy eye and it turns out i can just move it there's more I want to say about his portrayal of pennywise but i think it's best we just get into our big topic of the show Yesterday, we finally got a chance to see It Chapter 2. Did you get a chance to rewatch Chapter 1? No. no. That's okay. It Chapter 2 does a great job of like catching you up with those characters. The flashbacks, the way they did, like, you, it was present day, and then all it had to do was a spin of the camera, and it was in the past. I yeah. think that was so tasteful. There was one scene, you probably remember it, where young Bill and Bev ride up on bikes to, like, her apartment building. Yeah. And I was watching it and I'm thinking, you know, 
I'm pretty sure I remember this scene from chapter one, which I had just watched a few days earlier, but the kids look older. Did they refilm this scene, which seems a little unnecessary? And then it like in the same camera movement, it pans out and the present day Bev is standing there in front of the building. It was like her memory. And like, that's why they reshot that. So they did have to reshoot a few of the scenes and they had to uh, CGI age them down. Because there has been, what has it been, a year and a half, two years since the first movie? Yeah. And so they had to, and just seeing like in interviews with the kids, like how much they've grown up in the last two years. So they did have to CGI age them down. I had heard that before going into the movie. I could not tell where it was. Yeah. I could tell scenes where it seemed like they looked older. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find any scenes where it was like dodgy de-aging. It was really well done. Very well done. Which I'll get back to the CG later. Uh, Overall first impressions. Did you like it chapter two? I did actually. I liked it. Um, Not quite as much as the first one. So when we left, I mentioned... And I don't want to spoil it too much for anybody, even though I know we're going to put a lot of spoilers in here. So, spoiler it, bitches. Yeah, I think we'll just, in order to really discuss this, there's going to be spoilers. By the time this comes out, it'll be weeks since the movie came out. Yeah. So, when we walked out of the movie theater, I was talking about how it was, like, I was going in thinking, like, this is going to be just as terrifying. Like, the first movie freaked me the fuck out. It was so scary. I loved it. And I am not, like... Up until probably in the last five years, I have really come around to scary movies. I was never a scary movie connoisseur growing up until probably about the end of high school. And so the the first movie scared me and I loved it. But the second one was more thrilling than scary. Mm-hmm. And you have you just kind of spat it out. You think they did it for a reason. Why? Okay. So- When the first movie came out, having read the book, I thought the first movie was phenomenal. Of the two, it's still my favorite. And I remember thinking, wow, by taking the back and forth aspect of the book out of it and just focusing on the kids, it really made that first movie stronger. It was more focused. And my favorite scene from that movie is them just beating the shit out of the clown. Yeah. It's such a great moment. It's not in the book, but it feels so well-deserved, and it's enjoyable watching these young teenagers beat the shit out of a monster. Oh, yeah. But I walked out of the theater, and the friend I saw it with, I said, man, this was a great movie, and it really helped to not have the older versions of the characters in it, but I'm worried how it's going to affect the second half, because the older characters has always been the weakest part of that book. And it's going to be so hard to only have the adult versions of those characters and make it not a rehash of the first film. It could be very easy to fall into the trap of, well, these characters have gotten back together again and they're just going to be terrorized by Pennywise some more. But I think they realized that and they made a really wise choice to separate the movies, not just chronologically of the past and the present, but I think thematically they're intentionally different movies i don't think this movie was meant to be anywhere near as scary as the first one okay i think the first one is a movie about fear and finding the strength to survive it and i think the second movie is about finding the strength to overcome it and move on from your past 
See, when people ask me how it is, like, I don't want to ruin it too much for them. They're like, well, how was it? And I'm like, was it good? And I'm like, I tell people it's closure. Yeah. Like, it comes to a really good end. I think the ending could have been tweaked just a little bit better. Yeah. (laughs) And it's changed from the book, but yeah. And I need to read the book. And books are usually better. But I know know how Stephen (laughs) King writes. (laughs) There's a really stupid ending in that book, but go on. Was that okay? Was that the joke? Yes. In that so that was the joke with J Max James McAvoy's character. Yeah, there's two stupid endings <laughs> to that book. The first is it turns out Pennywise is just a giant spider. I mean, it's more complicated. Yeah. Hell no. It's more complicated than that. It's like it's got this cosmic element to it, and like the giant spider is just the most or the closest that humans can perceive it as. But it ends up being just a giant spider, and it's stupid. <laughs> but there's also this um, Bill's wife in the book comes to Derry and ends up staring into the deadlights of Pennywise. Like, she falls into this trap. And even after they defeat Pennywise, she's just catatonic. Like, she's just dead in the eyes, no response. But Bill rescues her by putting her on the back of his bike and riding really fast. And then she comes back to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was worried that they were going to go there when he buys his bike from Stephen King in the b- movie. I like Stephen King's cameo. Yeah. But yeah, I think this movie, so much of it is based around memory and the past. And, at, you know, they bo- all have these scars, literal scars from their blood pact that heal by the end of the movie. But also, so many of them are uh, still affected by their childhoods. And not even just the trauma of Pennywise, because at the beginning of the movie, they don't even remember Pennywise. Until they come back to Derry. But you see the effect that their normal childhoods have had on their lives. Eddie and Bev are both married to... Their lives are just kind of like, are fucky. Well, both of their spouses are very similar to their own shitty parents. Yes. She had an abusive dad. She's with an abusive husband. He had a, you know, overly worried and protective mom, and he's married to a very similar woman who, it turns out, I think is played by the same actress, which is genius. (laughs) I like that he is still like, see, by the end of the first movie, Eddie seems like he's chilled out a little bit. Yeah. But as an adult, he is still like... A hot fucking mess. I love one change they made to his character is that he now works in risk assessment, (laughs) which is just, that is the perfect, why was he not in that job in the book or previous miniseries that of course he would go into risk assessment. He, He does that all day, every day, anyway, he might as well get paid for it. And then they have to come back and confront their traumatic memories and at one point they have to literally let go of the past they each have tokens of these bad memories and have to get rid of them Mm -hmm. yeah i think the movie is very much about moving past it and the difference between surviving something and moving on i really like they're at the end when they're in that cavern and they get separated from each other and are just having Hor- like um ben is drowning in sand yeah. and bev uh the blood pool mm-hmm. and whatever is outside the door yeah lots of nice stephen king references in there too oh yeah go on 
And then Bill's was the basement. Yeah, of course it would be his guilt that he can't move on from. Did Eddie get, did Eddie and... um, Eddie and Richie Richie. were together because they ended up finding the dog that they thought wasn't that terrifying. Oh, the the three doors. The three doors. I love that. The first movie, there's the scene where they find three doors. One's not scary at all. The other's marked scary and the other one's marked very scary. (laughs) So in the first one, they choose not scary at all. And it ends up being something terrifying. So in this one, they're older, and Richie's like, no, I'm not falling for this shit again. We're going for very scary. <laughs> and it ends up being something terrifying again. <laughs> so they, they opened all three doors, didn't they? Yeah, eventually they went very scary, which ended up still being terrifying. Then they went not scary at all, and it being like a Pomeranian. Mostly because Richie made a joke about a fucking dog earlier. Yeah, and it's great because like they keep... Talking to it like, no, we're not falling for this. We know your tricks, Pennywise. This isn't just a normal dog. And it just keeps sitting there all cute and everything. I just love it. Like, it's like it stands up and he goes, sit, sit, good boy, good boy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's a monster again. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great scene and indicative of like this movie's a lot funnier than the other one. I was going to ask you if you think they intentionally made it funny. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Of the you know, It's not supposed to be as scary. And See, I didn't know how I felt about it because I know it's supposed to be a scary movie, but I do like the, the way they made that turn. And one thing, I love Bill Hader. Yes. I love Bill Hader. And I think he did a really good job playing Richie. Every adult character matches so well with the young characters and i think they took on the personalities really really well like i love jessica chastain too (laughs) and don't get me started about james mcavoy (laughs) i love that boy and um one thing i'm gonna come back to but eddie literally looked like young eddie yes (laughs) that Uh, was crazy eddie Eddie was probably my favorite character in this movie (laughs) This, there's a badass moment that he has where he pulls a knife out of his cheek and stabs a guy. He just stands like, I'm like, oh God, this is where he ends. And he just. <laughs> well, and you think he's going to die. And you, okay, so he's in a bathroom and this guy comes out of nowhere, stabs him in the face, leaves the knife in it. And he backs away and like goes into the shower and okay, just closes the shower. So curtain. when that happened, I thought like, you know how it just did Ben and, um, Bev's flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I thought this was like another just straight mind trick. Yeah. That was happening. And it was a real thing. And I kept thinking, like, what the hell is Eddie doing here? Like, because he just goes into the shower and closes the shower curtain and leaves the, his attacker just out there. And you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Then I'm like, wait a minute. Is he going to have a badass moment where he pulls this knife out of his face and stabs the guy? And he does it. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I sat there and like, this is how Eddie dies. Because, I mean, they're talking about like Bev seeing all her deaths. I'm like, oh, this is how it goes. You know, Bev's probably one of my biggest disappointments of these two movies. Really? No criticism against the actresses. They, yeah. They're, they play the part well. They're not as round as they should be. Yeah, they... The first movie, they make her into like a damsel in distress. Like in, in the book, she goes down into the sewers with them. Yeah. Um... Can we get back to my interpretation of like how this is different? Yeah, but I wanted to say one thing. Is the Stanley character, is he just an aged up person? I haven't actually looked at the cast list. Or was old older Stanley a new 
actor because it looks exactly like the young one. I think it's an older <clears throat> actor. Okay. But because it was that creepy was really how much casting. they looked. I think that's probably the best casting because there's such little time to relate to that character in the movie. Yeah. And you immediately know, yeah, that's Stanley. Which, okay, that was heartbreaking for me at the beginning of the movie. And this might have been in chapter one, two. I don't remember. They're all talking about the future that Bev saw. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, when we're older, we're going to be back here in the cistern again. And everybody wants to know how they look. And she looks at Stanley and says, um, like you do now, just taller. That broke my heart knowing what happens to him when they started the movie that way. Because I'm like, my God, she knows he dies and can't bring herself to tell him because how could you? Is that in the... Is that also in the book and the move, uh, first no, movie? No, she's not psychic. Okay. As I said, it is a different actor. His name's Andy Bean. Now we know. I also think a lot of this movie is about memory and how you perceive things, but taking your memories and putting them in perspective. This is going to get really geeky. So there's a scene where they go back to the library. And when they go into the library, I was immediately thinking, this looked a lot bigger in the previous movie. And then someone says, I remember it being bigger. <laughs> I would love to pick the director's brain and see if he intentionally shot that set. I doubt they rebuilt it because it seems like a real building. But if he deliberately shot it from an angle that makes it look smaller. And I think the movie is about putting your fear and the traumatic experience of your past in perspective to the degree that even at the end, the way this version of Pennywise is defeated, they literally put him in perspective. They say, hey, you're just a clown and shrink him down to nothingness, basically. It fucking ripped out a still beating heart. Yes. I loved that. Yeah, that's... But like deflated Pennywise head. That's that was horrifying. crazy. Yes, that's... And he just sat, he was like a little baby almost yeah, with a so flat head. I really enjoyed that. Pennywise in this movie is a lot more CG than the previous movie. He turns into a giant animated statue. He turns into like an old naked lady, but she's super tall and like has these gnashing teeth all over her body. And then he turns into a, a giant spider again, but he's like a clown spider. I don't know if it was intentionally like cartoonish CG or not, but I, I think that also might have been part of the decision to not be as scary, but to be more, you know what? It's not quite as bad as I remember it. But yeah, I think that sums up my view of what I think they chose to do with this movie. I think you put it really well. I liked the movie. I really did. And you're right. Like, I loved the first one. But I think the direction they took with the second one made the movie the best it could be mm -hmm. without overdoing it. And there's so much I feel like they had to add just to beef up the story since they I, took the so second, much from the say, first movie. The second half, like it wasn't as interesting, so they had to build. Mm -hmm. But I really liked the way they did with going from past character to present character yeah. with the camera panning. Mm -hmm. I really liked how that worked out. It was very artful. The one time that it really stood out as rough to me, they did a dissolve from Eddie's face to young Eddie's face in the pharmacy. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, it didn't line up perfectly. And then it's like, okay, I see what you're going for here. It, it didn't quite work. But most of the time, it was very artful and interesting. It was. And the zombies i guess you could say the two that were in there the one from the one bully kid oh yeah and then down in the basement with eddie yeah on the chain 
I thought those were pretty cool. Yes. And I will say, we've been saying that this movie isn't as scary as the first one. There are some <laughs> scary There were some moments. really good jumps in it. The best moments of like actual horror in this movie are all built around tension and knowing something's coming and expecting it. Yeah. Like the dog. Yes. That one was more funny, but See, I'm every... thinking specifically the balloon under the bed and you're just waiting for it to pop. You're like, there's something behind this balloon. I honestly thought it was going to be Pennywise. So did I. Oh, and, and then it like the way okay oh, the way it crawled across the floor was so cool. It skitters across the floor. It's just oh it turned out real cool though. This isn't a unscary movie. It's it's got a lot of tension. See, that's why I said it's more thriller on yeah. this one rather than horror. Were there any parts of the movie that just flat out didn't work for you? I didn't like the CGI old lady. Yeah. I didn't like that. I thought that what that was way too cartoony. Yeah. I think that could have been scarier and it was just a bent over saggy titties. I could see that old lady crawling on the walls and shit and like her head turning mm. around and I think that would have been really cool. Earlier in that scene when it is just a normal old lady and you see her in the <laughs> background moving like Pennywise. Yeah, she's just moving really super fast and clownishly and you're like, oh, yes. it's coming. Yeah. Biggest scene that took me out of the movie and I know you felt the same way. The underwater. Yes, there's an underwater kiss where two of the characters, I won't spoil it, but we'll say it's Pennywise and Bill. They fall in love. <laughs> no, two of the characters dive underwater looking for something. And then before they come all the way back up, Bev stops the other guy and kisses him underwater. And it's a long, passionate kiss. Underwater. Yes. The whole time I'm thinking, you're like a foot underwater. Like It would have taken half a second for you both to be in the open air. They were air. literally like open mouth kissing <laughs> underwater. I'm like, how are you breathing? It is a long kiss. It seems kind of romantic, but y'all going to drown. For real. Guys, don't be doing any underwater kissing. Wait till you're up above water. It's, it's so like, much I understand safer. like they didn't want it like the other characters to see, but like you knew the other characters knew. Yeah, that part of the movie really took me out of it, which is sad because it's right at the end. But I just, I, I see what you're going for. You're trying to make it romantic, but it didn't work. You got anything else to say about it? I think we, well, you mostly. Yes, I, I told you I have a lot to say about it because I've, I've thought a lot about it in the last 24 hours. Let's just put it out there. Like, go see it. Yeah, get, it's good. Get the ending that you need. We both thought it was really well done. And I mean, yes, every movie could be better. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you only have so much to work with in so much time. But I think the way that the director did it, I can't say his last name. Muschietti. Muschietti. I had to look that one up. And um, I think he did very well with these movies. Yes. And you know, we have had our criticisms on this episode of it, but it's so good. And as the pair, they're so great. Yeah, definitely go and see it, especially if you've seen the first one like this it's a good capstone to that first experience. Okay, so now that we finished talking about it. Do you want to play a game with me? <laughs> Maybe we just need to make okay, that. Okay, back to the movie for just a fat second. He, Pennywise goes, don't you want to play a game with me? And I'm like, this isn't Saw. You ain't Jigsaw. <laughs> there, there's a lot of like sly horror movie references in don't this movie. Don't you want to play a game with me? But, uh... 
Yeah. Why don't we play this game you thought of? So we're going to give each other some real vague movie plots and see if the other person can guess it. I'll go first. Okay. Boy spends seven years being third wheel. Oh, I saw this. (laughs) Harry Potter. Yes. I know you, just as a time constraint, you were going to, you know, just look some up. I (laughs) took inspiration from the hashtag film plot explained badly or something like that. Yeah. And I wrote my own. All right. Okay. So my first one, mental patient returns to his childhood home against the wishes of his physician. Is it a movie I've seen? Um, I would hope so. It's a horror movie. One more time. Mental patient returns to his childhood home against the wishes of his physician. I know it. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Okay, I'll just give it to you. Halloween. Fuck. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Wait, that's just the whole... <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome works. Mm, is it Passengers? No. Okay, I don't know. Beauty and the Beast. Duh. <laughs> yes. Of course it is. Yeah, that one wasn't much to go off of. We are trying to be vague, I guess. Okay. I hope you get this one. Respected civic leader enlists his community in a plot to abduct and replace the leader of another nearby community. Again? Respected civic leader enlists his community in a plot to abduct and replace the leader of another nearby community. You should get this. I wrote it just for you. Is it Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I had to look up the plot of it. I'm like, I think I remember this. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. I, I wrote that one just for you. Thank you. <laughs> this one's kind of for you. Okay. Talking frog convinces son to kill dad. So Return of the Jedi? It's just Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talking frog. I laughed so hard when I read that. This one, I don't know if you'll get it, but I just wanted to put my own twist on the plot of this movie. Brash World Champion celebrates the U.S. Bicentennial by punching a debt collector. (laughs) The punching is a clue. Is it Fight Club? No. Okay. Read it one more time. Brash World Champion celebrates the U.S. Bicentennial by punching a debt collector. Is it Wolf? Nope. Well, I'm at Wolf Wall Street. No? no. Am I getting warm at all? No, not really. Is it a fighting movie? Yes. Is it um, Creed? I'll give it to you. It's Rocky. Yes. The plot of that movie, and people tend to forget this because like that franchise has just become this whole other thing. At the start of that movie, Rocky is like a leg breaker for a loan shark. <laughs> and... Apollo Creed wants to give America this big birthday party for the Bicentennial, so he's going to find some up-and-coming boxer and give him a shot at the title. Okay, why don't you go? The one where Jennifer Aniston lost her man in front of the whole world. Mm, That's really hard, because I don't like Jennifer Aniston, so I don't watch a lot of her movies. She's a goddess. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. She's in that movie? No, it's oh, the first okay. movie Brad Pitt oh, and Angelina Jolie. I, I get. gotcha. Mm, that's <laughs> that's I, cold. I love Jennifer Aniston as well. So when I read that one, I was like, ow. Oh, man, that's, that's rough. Two best friends share a phone and do their homework together. How recent is it? Not very. We're talking 80s. Has it anything to do with Back to the Future? No, but you're getting closer. Ooh. 
two friends share their phone to do their homework. Yeah, they share a phone. It's not their phone. You're really in the right ballpark with Back to the Future. It is not any of the Back to Future movies. Nope. It's got time travel. Give me a minute. Um, Jumanji? I feel old if you think Jumanji's an 80s movie. When did Jumanji come out? Oh, like 95 or so. Ooh, sorry. Okay, I think you have to give it to me. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. God damn it. <laughs> I think you'll like my next one. Okay. I think you'll like my next two. Okay. Man learns to be an adult. <laughs> wow, that's a... This one made me laugh. That's a lot to go on. Okay, um, so Is if it you... big? Okay, so this one, just think of a single person. Just a single actor. I don't know. Now you tell me to think of an actor. I can't even think of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so think of an actor that puts out a lot of movies. Tom Cruise. No, but you're kind of close, but not really. Uh, Liam Neeson. No. Keanu Reeves. No. A lot of movies. Samuel L. Jackson. No. Nicolas Cage. No. Uh, I don't know. Every Adam Sandler movie. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh... Here's my last one. Oh, I thought you just went. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Your turn. I'm bad at sharing. Okay. Cancer patient forms new friendships while aggressively pursuing a malpractice complaint. Dallas Buyers Club. You're going to love this one when you get it. One more time. Cancer patient forms new friendships while aggressively pursuing a malpractice complaint. It's a movie I love, and I'm pretty sure you like it. Think of one of my more favorite superheroes. Oh, is it Deadpool? Yeah. That is pretty good. <laughs> I think this one's probably my favorite. Okay. A wisecracking boiler tech teaches high schoolers to believe in their dreams. I got this one. It's got to be any Freddy Krueger. Yes. On yes. Okay. <laughs> my last one is a whole franchise. Okay. I hope you get it. School helps students overcome discrimination by taking them on increasingly dangerous field trips. Final destination. Nope. <sighs> Think of what I'm interested in. Superheroes. Uh, any Spider-Man movie? No. I I got nothing. X-Men. I fucking love X-Men. It makes me wonder what Marvel would do with it if they had the rights to X-Men. That franchise really devolved, but man, I love James McAvoy and, I do too. and Michael Fassbender. They did very well. Sir Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart, love them. Yes, man. All four of them. Can we just get a movie where all four of them are together and like just throw Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise in there for no reason? <laughs> they don't even have to be playing the same characters. Like, just It's a team up between... James McAvoy from Split. We'll keep Mag. We'll keep Michael Fassbender as Magneto. We'll have Pennywise. We'll have Captain Picard and Gandalf. <laughs> and they're what just an epic movie. They're just uh, this super team. I don't know why they need to get together, but they and do. Why Pennywise decides to work with them, but it happens, and it's beautiful. So we're gonna wrap up today with my fa one of my favorite segments is Urban Dictionary Word of the Day. I love Urban Dictionary Word of the Day. Do you want to try and guess any of it? Yes. Okay. So Always. Your word of the day is goldfishing. Does it involve with somebody, or does it involve somebody being baked? No. 
Okay, so it's not based on the goldfish cracker. And it has nothing to do with sexual, like any kind of sexual thing. Man. I know, I'm playing it safe this week. The only thing I could say goldfishing would be wandering a parking lot looking for your car because you have a short-term memory. Actually, you're not that far (laughs) off. So goldfishing is when someone is so fucked up they head in one direction with a goal in mind. But halfway there, forget the goal and wander (laughs) off in a random direction with or without another goal in mind. They're Dory. And so here is their sentence. He was so fucked up on mushrooms, he spent the whole night goldfishing (laughs) around his apartment and never made it out to meet us. (laughs) That's great. Okay, that's going to wrap up the show. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. It was a a good show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere else you're finding your podcasts. And for any other of our latest updates, follow us on Facebook at Micah Jiggers Podcast, or we'll post the link in the description below. And always be sure to tell us hi, because we like to hear from you guys. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.